let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the Football Bubble. Uh, it's Phil here. I am joined by a very, very special guest. A special guest for myself, anyway. Gareth Roberts from the Anfield Rap. Hello, Gareth. Hello, mate. You okay? Yeah, not too bad. This is every time I get a guest on from for us because there's five of us. I always get Liverpool associated guests, so people are going to start questioning this, but I don't care, like, because I do what I want to do, and I have you on. We're going to talk about the glorious Reds, the best team in the world. Um. We're an international break, so we have a little time now where we can chat. Um, just a quick, how do you how do you find the international break? Because I, I think you're a bit like me. I couldn't give two shits about it. No, it's um, it's never been for me to be honest with you. I've never sort of had any real affinity to to international football. I, you know, I pick it up for a World Cup and, and put it back down again shortly yeah. after, and that's about it, really. I mean. I think I was more into it when I was still, you know, filling Panini sticker albums and things like that, because at least I had a bit more awareness then of, of international teams. But no, it's not really done it for me. I've never had a big affinity to the English national team or anything like that. I've never gone and watched them. So, you know, a, an international break for me has just traditionally been a time when I can get a few things done or, yeah. you know what I mean, do something different. Might go and watch a non-league match, do something yeah. with the kids, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's... Um, I've got no. I couldn't even tell you who's playing. Uh, I know Sadio Mane got injured last night. I know. Uh, all my mates started messaging me about that, but that's about it. That that's all I'm doing during an international break, praying that Liverpool players don't get injured. <laughs> I I was I was out last night with work, and I have this thing. There's four of us in a group. We're all Liverpool fans. There's me and three brothers, and I'm the oldest, and they call me the oldest brother, even though we're not related. But and I always know first when Liverpool players injured. And I always let them know, you know, like a big brother would let the, the bad news though. And I always tell them, and half nine last night, I text through to that group chat, Mane is injured and it went fucking off last night because Mane is injured. Just what we need to hear, even at 26th minute or something, he went off in a game that they were already through, but we'll not, we'll not get too bogged down with that at the minute. Gareth, just so everyone knows, you, you are one of the founder of the Anfield Rap. Tell us about the Anfield Rap and what got you to the stage where you wanted to start it and set it up and get going with it? Um, I mean, I, I guess you have to wind back to I was I always wanted to be a sports journalist, and and in particular wanted to ideally cover the Reds and, and and have that job really, and that that was what I was always aiming for. What the the job that James Pierce used to have at, at the Liverpool Echo, if you like, the job that Paul Ghost's got now. Uh, I've actually been interviewed for it in the past, but I didn't get it. But I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I ended up I ended up sort of doing stuff that was like, you know, PR and working for local governments and stuff like that. So I was doing like journalistic stuff to a fashion and it was paying the bills, but it wasn't it wasn't my passion and it wasn't sort of scratching the itch, if you like. So I remember um after I left the council, uh, I was working with some of the people doing some freelance stuff and I just met something just just clicked with something someone said to me once where they were like, you know, if you're writing about something that is actually a passion, 
like what a difference that that is basically and I was like, yeah, yeah. And like, I just started messing around, like writing. I started a blog and I, I didn't really start it for anyone. I just sort of wrote a piece, like a bit of a sort of origins type piece about, you know, why I started supporting Liverpool or whatever. First game and things like that. And I shared it with a few mates just saying, you know, like, what do you think of that? And they were like, it's good that, mate. You know what I mean? You should, you should have a go at that type of thing. And it, the blog started to develop and you know, it was during the era of Hicks and Gillette. So I was writing, I was writing pieces about what they were doing to the club and where the club was headed and the financial peril and all that kind of stuff. And it just started to get a bit of, a bit of traction that, that the blog that I was doing, I called the blog well read. Uh, and then the, a lad I worked with at the time, I was working um, at the daily sports stroke Sunday sport. And there's another scouse lad there working there who'd, you know, produced magazines in his spare time and things like that. And he said, "Well, why don't why don't you turn well read into a into a magazine?" And I was like, "Like, you know, is, is the fanzine days not dead? Is, are they not on the way out?" And he was like, "Well, you've got a little following there. Like, why not? Like, see what happens." So I thought I'd give it a go, basically. And it was, as I say, it was during the Hicks and Gillette era, so people had a lot to say. Uh, it was quite a lot of people who had got to know through through those times as well, or the, and you were the journalist, so I was pretty confident I could fill it, and, and I fill it, I did, uh, and it did all right, do you know what I mean, it, it, it sold a few copies, it washed its face, it, it was never putting me out of pocket, and so it went from there, um, through Well Read, I started talking to Tony Evans, from, who was then the football editor of the Times, uh, through, around the same time got talking to Andy Heaton as well, um, and we just started all talking about what was going on, the Hicks and Gillette stuff again, uh, potential ways to get them out, who could potentially come in to run the club, things like that. And I was having a pint with Andy one time and we were both talking about about podcasts. And I, I'd sort of had a bit of a go of one over, over Skype, actually, I think. Um, Andy had done some local radio. And we, you know, there's a bit of a meeting of minds, really. We both said, we both sort of said, you know, the, feel like there's a space here for a for a Liverpool podcast produced in Liverpool. And so between the two of us, you know, we we made that happen basically. So you know, come up with a name, uh, started to get other people on board. Andy was brilliant at, at, at getting other people on board. Uh, so we got um, Ian Maloney on board. who does love follow conquer. Um, still to this day, he he came on board and did a lot of the you know the the IT, the website, the design, all of that kind of gear. And we just went from there, and we just we wanted it to be, we wanted it to have a standard, if you like, because while there were other podcasts around, including one I'd attempted, um, they weren't great. Do you know what I mean? And we we yeah. were like, well, we were like, well, what if we get in a studio, get studio quality sound, make sure people are in person record it in Liverpool city centre and get a group of people who, who, who regularly go the match and, and just go from there, put it out there, see how it goes. We got the website up and running alongside it and we made sure that was sort of uh, stocked to the top, if you like, with articles when we first released it. It wasn't just sort of like some kind of holding page. It was like, boom, get on that. Loads of, you know, loads of stuff to read, loads of stuff to get stuck into. And people liked the podcast from, from day one as well, which always helped. So, you know, we... We didn't know how it was going to go or how it'd be received, but when we put it out there, people from day one said, "Oh, love it! Great idea!" You know, keep going. Uh, in a very short time as well, we were offered the radio show in, in Liverpool, uh, Radio City Talk, uh, by Steve Hoddersall. And again, that just encourages you, obviously, to keep on going, and and that's what we've done, and it's ten years now. I remember um, I was at uni during Hicks and Gillette, 
I was in jo- I was at John Moore's um, back when my dad was being signed and he was actually buying me tickets for every game. He's not doing that now, but we'll knock him into it. Um, <laughs> I'll bastard. But um, he used to come over and he got me in the spirit of Shankly. So was it the Porto game we for- were the first big march? Was it the Porto game, the Champions League night? Oh, your memory's better than mine, mate. I mean, I remember several marches and, you know, uh, people... Uh, giving people a stick for uh, staying in the chippy rather than coming out and getting on the march and things yeah, like that. Yeah, because I remember bumping into you in um, oh, Upstairs and the Solly. Is it Upstairs? And the... I remember bumping into you and Christian Walsh as well was there at the time yeah. as well. And um, I think Phil Blundell might have been there too, I'm not sure, and having the crack. And it was one of those nights. And then I was like, fuck, that's the lads from Anfield Rap. Because I'd heard he's on, I think I'd heard Neil on, five, someone was on Five Live. I was real buzz about it. And then reading well, Neil, your stuff. Neil... Neil was the chairman of Spirit of Shankly at one point. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the early days, so he he was doing a lot of the press around it. So yeah, yeah. it was probably us, Neil. I think what you did, and I'm sure people told you this before, you managed to encapsulate us, the ones that like not everyone cares, obviously in different parameters, but you managed to encapsulate all of us at the time because you were so brilliant on it. You didn't hide from anything; like you called called it out. And it felt like a real sort of like moment to be involved, you know, that kind of, even though my, my part was only small part, going to games midweek or Saturday, and if there was a mar- march, and that's all I did, and that part, that's all my part was, but it just, it was such a brilliant moment. And then it really struck me what you had done and what you were starting, and it wasn't, like, I tell people, why do you do a podcast? And I mention yourselves, and then the second captains from over here. Mm, yeah, they're great. The two, uh, the two, and I was like, they do it, like, and... I want to do it because they do it, but it's just like for see you go for ten years, go from strength to strength and sell out shows. Every time you've come here, I've been sick or I've been away. So the next time you're here, I'm going because I want to see Craig anyway um, and slag him. But um, I want to get over. <laughs> Craig knows. Craig knows my wife's godfather. He was um, Eamon is my wife's Sarah's godfather, and Craig's father and him are best friends. I think or something. So I want to get this the slag on a bit of th- few things. But it's just been brilliant. I th- I think like I am biased, like, but I think the way you use a capsule, I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think you're one of the first club ones to just go bang, just run with it, like, and just do it. And now I'm not ashamed to say it. People copy you and try and try and get in board what you're doing and try and never do as well as yourselves, but try and do stuff that you're doing. So I, I think it's brilliant. Like, and and the fact that someone like yourself decided it's an inspiration for me anyway not the fanboy that you've decided to pick it up go with it and get a career at it so I, I think it's been brilliant guys so for, for fucks cheers mate cheers thank you <laughs> um what's been this is probably this is such a stupid question like what's been what's the if someone asked you about the anfield rap the 10 years or what's been the one time or moment where you have sat it always drawn back to is there a, a day or a moment or a podcast or something you're doing you go god that was special I think um, I, I think going back going out to Australia has always been a, a a big moment for me because that was something I wanted to do anyway. Yeah. And uh, and you know I I think realistically I probably would never well you know I would have struggled to have done it because you know I've never I've never been one to have loads of savings backing me up. There's never been loads of money washing around the family or anything like that. Yeah. So it was always it was always, it always would have been difficult for me to get out there but I was able to get out there with the Anfield app and do live shows in in Australia follow Liverpool in Australia see them play in the in the MCG and stuff like that and you know the, the live show we did in Melbourne the night before Liverpool played there was a ridiculous number of people there it was about a thousand people i think and we had um Carl Kennedy from Neighbours on stage with us. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it was just wild. And we took the T-Street band out there with us as well. And yeah. uh, it was just one of those moments where you were just like, wow, like, uh, 
this is amazing that this is something we've created and here we are out in Australia able to do this and you know that was that that trip was was amazing for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, getting to see a bit of Australia, obviously, getting to see the Reds in that venue with like a hundred and odd thousand people, and just seeing the passion abroad. I'm being taken aback really by the passion abroad for the Reds because I, I think I've said a few times on the Anfield after, you know, once upon a time when I was just in my height and bubble. If you like going to lads that you know going to the match with lads that I went to school with. You know, I did the thing where you were like, ah, you know, like scowling at people who who, who weren't from Liverpool, basically. But yeah. you know, like I'm a, I'm a, I've grown up. I'm more, I'm I'm an older man now, and I've I've seen a bit of the world, and it opened my eyes to how people support Liverpool elsewhere. So, yeah, that 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 will always stick with me. I think get going on that trip and and being able to get out there, and even when we were out there as well, the things that happened on that trip. So, we were always pestering Liverpool to say, you know, we'd like to do something with managers and players and. We get this constant bollocks from you know like various weirdos uh, on the on the internet who talk about access and all this, but we don't we don't get access. We like we're, we're paying for our own tickets to go to match. We're not in the press box. We don't get accredita- accreditation. When's and, Mbappe signing, Gareth? When's Mbappe oh, signing? Do you know what I mean? It, it's all <laughs> nonsense, isn't it? But when we were out when we were out in Australia, I think basically the club or people at the club, I should always say, just thought well. Fair play to these lads. They've come a long way. They've made a big effort, and so you know, fair play to them. Like we we got some we got some time with, with the manager at the time, Brendan Rodgers, and that was a big deal because yeah. I remember I remember sort of when we got that little time with Rodgers. You know, I, I can't remember. It was like twenty minutes, half an hour, whatever it might be. You know, we were literally walking past some of the mainstream media to go and do it, and you could see them going like, "Why the fuck are these lads here?" Do you know what I mean? Like, who are they? Um, <laughs> and, and so that it was quite open-minded by the club to do that. It was good of the club to do that, but it was also another little moment where you're pinching yourself, saying, "Wow, like we're getting a bit of time with the Liverpool manager here." And then, yeah. and then it, you know, it was it was bizarre afterwards because when we put the podcast out there, we had, you know the BBC were saying like you know Brendan Rodgers told the Anfield rap X Y and Z, yeah. and you know what I mean. And it, it was in the mainstream media, so you were like, "Wow, like we, we we've made it here, boys." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think that was a good moment. That was class. That was very good. And like you've you've had Chabi Alonso and uh, Jurgen Klopp on as well, yeah, yeah. like which has been which is absolutely bonkers. So over the ten years, it's fair to say we've had some wild teams from <laughs> from both ends of the scale. Uh, yeah. For you, like you get the cover and, and work on this. What, what's it like following and writing about this current side? Like, is, oh, well, it, look- is it a dream? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we are. You don't have to sort of embellish it or anything. You can just say what's in your mind, and what's in your mind is always that an amazing side that have brought us so much joy, aren't they? I mean, you know, you look at Jurgen Klopp, and he's come in and he's won the European Cup, he's won the Premier League, he's won the World Club Cup. And I think if you'd have said that sort of, even even as in Brendan's time or around then, you know, people would have laughed at you, you know, because. There was a there was a time there. I, I always think about when when we appointed Jurgen Klopp. There was me and my mates who've gone the match for a long time were sort of saying to each other, Well, if this man can't win us the league, we're never gonna win it. We're never yeah. gonna do it. And and he's come in and he's done it and he's and he's done it against, you know, one of the most difficult opponents you could ever possibly face face in terms of like, you know, what is it, the highest net spend ever or something by a manager in terms of Guardiola. You know, the backing he's had is ridiculous. So the cards are stacked against Liverpool, whatever they do. 
and and he's he's managed to beat the odds and beat the odds in the way he did as well. You know, like ninety seven points. Like you're lying on the floor after ninety seven points, saying we're never going to win it. Ninety seven mm. points, a club record, and we haven't won it. How can we ever bounce back from that? And then we do when we go on and win it. So yeah, it it, it is an absolute joy and look, you know, I know that there are there, there are always things to moan about and there are always things that could be better and there's always could have would have should have and should have signed another player and should have bought him and should have done X and should have done Y and. You know, and some of that is is valid. You know, I I, I wish that we had another midfielder. I wish that Genie had stayed. Uh, you know, I wish that we bought another forward. You know, whatever. I, I get all that, but I don't I don't think that should, you know, wash away the joy of, of the team that you're watching. You know, you've got to live in the moment. You've got to appreciate the manager. You've got to appreciate the players you've got, and realize that you're watching some of the best players to have ever have played for for Liverpool Football Club in the yeah. history of the club. You know what I mean? That this is a special time to be a Liverpool fan. It, it, that that always um, I have to watch myself on Twitter because I used to freelance at BBC, but I've, I've stopped that now. So I can say what I sort of want, and I don't really mind. Like, but <sighs> around the transfer window, and we do seem to attract some absolute fucking basket cases. We do like we do seem to attract them, and we can't hide from that. Like, I, you know, I have United fans that are mates and Chelsea fans, or whatever, and they say, it, and I'm like, look, I understand, I do get it. We do, and around the transfers, like even Michael Edwards' note the other day, which is brilliant, a brilliant letter to the fans, and there was yeah. people questioning them. Well, why haven't you signed this? And because Leicester had signed a couple of players, and you're like, are you not aware of what you're fucking watching? Look, at, I know West Ham beat us on Sunday. Fair enough, West Ham were better than us on Sunday. Hands up, whatever. But look what we're what. Look what we did to Atletico Madrid at Anfield. Like, look what we did to them and at the Wanda Metropolitano. And that winds me up no end. I don't know how you. I know I follow you on Twitter. I think you're brilliant on Twitter because you don't give a shit either. And I, I don't know how you put up with sometimes as well. Like some of the nonsense that gets thrown at you. Use the Anfield rap like that. That access thing always winds me up. I think Gib, John Gibbs Gibbo gets a bit of it as well for some reason. He seemed to get a touch at one point too. That you're getting up, like they're in the pockets of Liverpool, as if you're on FSG's payroll. Like Gareth Roberts is CEO of FSG now. You know what I mean? It's it's it is mental. But that yeah. is, that is that is the Liverpool fan base, unfortunately. But um, like on on this side and this season, I think Simon Hughes is a piece of the day about January's looming and January under Jurgen Klopp. Has been tricky, and obviously we've got mm. the African Cup of Nations coming up. And just to talk about the current side and what we think, in my in my head, I'm biased. I think I look. I probably jinx. I think we're going to win the lot. I this side for me, this side. I know we're beat last game, right? Whatever. This side, in my opinion, looks better than the team that won the league when they're on when they're flying. There is certain elements in midfield. We need people back in, mm. um, and, and whatever. And we need Kaita was doing very well. They injured Milner doing well. Injured Thiago injured, but that'll get sorted. I think this side has the potential, Gareth, to, to literally do something extremely special this year. Do you think that, or what? What's? Yeah, absolutely. I think you said it there. Though. We we need a bit of a, a wind behind us in terms of the injuries. I feel like that's what has, has disrupted us. That that's led to a lot of told you so. Because people looked at it and said, well, you know, Milner's too old, Kite's too injury prone, Oxley Chamberlain's not good enough, too inconsistent, etc. And sort of all of those have, have, have bore a little bit of fruit. Um, I think you just got to have a little bit of patience, though, and just respect the fact that, you know, we're already through in Europe. Uh, we're in the picture, there or thereabouts in terms of the league. So, you know, that, that will always do me. I mean, I've said it so many times, I bore myself saying it, but I, I do remember the grim days of supporting Liverpool. And look, they're not as grim as 
you know, supporting Everton or something. But <laughs> but but the, but they're still grim in our context. Yeah. And in our in our, in our context as Liverpool fans, expecting to win things, having a history of winning things, hearing the story of winning things. You know, when we were going through the darker days, I, me and my mates used to be saying to each other, "Well, I, I'd take still being in the running at Christmas." Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I, often we were out of it by then. And so, you know, to be up there, to be challenging is what I always want. And then I, I do think you've just got to stay, you, you know, you've, you've got to stay in it. You've got to be in the running for it. You've got to be like there in, in March, April, etc. And then and then you see what happens, basically, because I, I think there's so much around football that you can't control. Like, you know, whatever Liverpool do, whoever Liverpool sign, they can't control how good Chelsea are or how good Man City are and what they spend money on. There's, there's literally nothing Liverpool can do about that. So Liverpool can only focus on themselves. And we might have a situation like we've had before where, you know, we, we, we do everything we do. We have a great season, but it just isn't good enough. And and, and City pippers. And I'm yeah. sort of... I'm I'm sort of mentally prepared for that. Really, I I think Liverpool have got more than a chance of of winning the league, but equally, I think there's every chance that the likes of City could go and do it again, just by going on a run, an unbelievable run like they have in the past. But currently, you don't see that, though. You know, like they, they look like they've got chinks in the armor. So do we currently, because we've not really played our first choice midfield enough. Chelsea look like they got chinks in the armor. So I think it's a, it's an interesting season and I'm genuinely like excited by it. And, and look, you know, I was upset about losing to West Ham. I thought we'd go and beat them. Uh, I don't like David Moyes and I've said so many, <laughs> many a time. Uh, I'm not, I'm not getting involved with the loving. So, uh, but, but, uh, you know, I'm not going out and sort of setting fire to crosses because, We've got beat by West Ham. I'm more than happy that Liverpool are going to bounce back. And back to what we were saying before, I'm just now praying that we don't get another rash of injuries because of the international break. I mean, there's an argument to say the international break has come at the right time for once because we get a little opportunity to, to breathe, to reset. But, you know, we need to breathe and reset with players actually being available. Um, because, you know, as you just said there, if you've got Fabinho available, if you've got Henderson fit, if you've got um, Thiago, Keita, etc., Milner, you know, if all of those people are available, we're all right. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they are, they are good options in the middle, and and that's all anyone's been talking about, isn't it? For however many months now, since since we knew Gini was going, all anyone talks about is the midfield, and and it gets forgotten the talents at the back, the talents up front. How 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 many goals we're scoring? The fact that you know, like we're setting all kinds of records for the amount of goals we're scoring. And okay, we haven't looked quite as tight as we have done in the past at the back, but it, but then that comes back to the protection from the midfield. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. But I I am with you. It's an exciting side. Um, you know, I will never ever ever forget the moment that I go to Old Trafford and watch Liverpool dick Man United 5 0. Like what I what whatever else happens in life, you know, I, I will now die a happy man. And I don't care if that makes me sound small time. People have said it's Evertonian behaviour, all of this stuff. Get fucked, you miserable bastards. Like those those bastards made my life a misery for a long, long yep. time. I had to work in that city and listen to them growing. And I know how miserable it will have made them to, to lose five nil to Liverpool. So I enjoyed that and will forever enjoy that. So I've already had a, a beautiful moment this season. Uh. But I, I think there's plenty more to come. There's absolutely plenty more to come. And as you said before, quite rightly, we're supporting a great football team. We're watching a great a great bunch of lads here. 
So enjoy it while it's here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I'll see when in the highs. I will dine out in them. The highs. I will see the lows. I won't get too annoyed. I get a wee bit annoyed last Sunday. A tiny bit annoyed, and then I was putting my son to bed. So I instantly was like, "Fuck it." Do you know what I mean? I was telling him we could beat by West Ham. He's he's not even two yet. He doesn't give a shite. So I was like, <laughs> fair enough. No bother, Finn. <laughs> Cheers. Um, but like the highs, like the five nil, whatever, with the Champions League wins, the league wins. I will. Uh, they're they're amazing. But the low moments. But then obviously you get people take it too far. But you were at Old Trafford that five nil. I don't. I genuinely don't think I should be allowed into Old Trafford because I I I genuinely think I get myself in bother. Like I just am um, a little dickhead and I think I'd get myself in a little bit of bother. I think so because we went with school uh, on a on a trip. We went to the Black a Blackburn game and then they took us to Old Trafford for whatever reason uh, for a school trip afterwards and I I had to get escorted out and I was still in primary school. I had to get took because you weren't allowed on the grass pitch. You weren't allowed in the pitch at Old Trafford, and my my headmaster at times Liverpool fan, and he goes to me, "Go on ahead," and I bounced on to the middle of the semicircle, back round, and came flying off again. And next thing, the stewards came down and whatever, and the tour guide was like, "No, he has to leave," and I had to get took back out the front of Old Trafford yeah. to go on the school bus again. But you know what? I loved it. If I if I'd known again, I'd have dug my heels in. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like I and and I I love it as well. Like the crossover, sometimes you can get in podcasts with other clubs medias as well you know what i mean because it is as long as it's within reason it is good like it is healthy like to have that rivalry and have yeah. a bit of slag and like otherwise be boring as fuck exactly. you know if we all have, like the same thing i love that like um are you going to be at anfield on the 11th of december certainly am yeah the return oh, of Lord. Stephen gerrard yeah um <laughs> it'll be intriguing won't it i mean he will obviously get a good reception and he deserves to get a good reception I just wonder what Villa fans will make of it. Especially those four decades in the train. I know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You beat me to that tweet the other day. I was like, bastard, when you put it out. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to find the photo. Those dickheads on the train. I wonder if, like, Stevie, like, gets them relegated or something, and then he sits on a train with a picture (laughs) of them. You know what I mean? A little pint, like, (laughs) of the reds. (laughs) But, um... I, I do wonder what they'll think, their fans, on, on December the 11th, because I remember they got a bit miffed with um, Julia when he, Julia was their manager, and you know he come to Anfield and we're, like, we're singing his song, and he's waving to us, and he's he's touching the This Is Anfield sign. He wore a red scarf, I think, as well, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was absolutely loving it, laughing it off. And, like, if you were a Villa fan, you must have been going, like, any chance, Chad? You're, you're not a manager? Um so there'll, there'll be a bit of that, no doubt about it. I mean, um, a lot of people are saying it's strange and it's weird and all this kind of stuff. I'm I'm not really in that camp. I'm, I'm more in the camp of I'm made up for him. Um, yeah. I, I made yeah. up that he's got the opportunity. Um, obviously, I, I, I sit, another thing I bore myself saying, but I'm going to say it again. Obviously, he is from Heighton, like me. And and look, you know, Heighton, growing up in Heighton comes with its challenges. There's no two ways about that. So to see someone doing well, setting a good example, you know, I know how, how massive that is to, to, you know, to be able to say to kids in Heighton, for instance, well, look at Stephen, look what he's achieved, look what he's doing. He's come from the same streets as you. You know, you don't have to go that way. You can go this way. You can dedicate yourself to something positive. It's massive. So I'm made up that to see a lad from Heighton, uh, you know, go going on and doing that. And he's t- he takes Tommy Coleshaw with him everywhere. Who's another Heighton lad. He's part of his backroom staff. Um, you know, he he was a lad, for instance, who um, was everyone in a similar way to Gerard. Everyone knew who he was in terms of everyone knew what a player he was, and everyone was like, he's definitely going to make it. He's he's brilliant. He had all the skills in in, in his locker. He was on Liverpool's books, but he didn't make it. 
and then he ended up tarmac and roads. And now look at him now. He's you know he, he's worked with Gerard at Rangers. He worked for the the, the, the Liverpool Academy, and now he's, he's he's he'll be on Gerard's team at Aston Villa. Superb. So I'm, I'm made up for him, and I really hope he succeeds. Obviously, on December the 11th, I want Liverpool to absolutely batter them five 0 Yes, him seven too. I want us to slap them. Yeah, stupid. Absolutely, forget all that then. But you know, Gerard will. I hope he will, and I think he will. He'll get. He'll get a good reception from from Liverpool. Of course, he will. He's an absolute legend. You know, seven hundred odd games for Liverpool. He's done. You know, he did what he did. He put everything in. So there's no doubt he gets a good reception. I, I just think it's quite funny as well. You mentioned the lads on the train. The other thing that came to mind that, that I forgot to tweet and now it's it, it surely well being done by now is when Gerard was in the, the away end at Aston Villa as well. Right, yes. <laughs> was like, you know, I, I remember that being, you know, I love that. I love when yeah, you see yeah, like yeah, a professional yeah. player in the away end. Yeah. And there, there was Gerard at Aston Villa away. And how mad is it that he's gone from being in the away end with, with all the Reds that day to, to managing the club? So again, it, it's a superb opportunity for him, and and I I just hope he's given the time to do a good job there. You didn't uh, get the chance to log into Rangers and Celtic Twitter by any chance over the last couple of days. Oh, oh, Holy not. fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm from I live in Northern Ireland, so you can imagine what that keg. That's like the Peter Griffin gif. You know, you throw the grenade in over the window. Holy, they they have lost the run of themselves the last couple of days. It has been hectic. Um, and I've tried. I I have stayed well clear of it. Like I don't get involved with either those two teams, but just chipping in to see what's going on. I mean, I've seen uh, some kids. Uh, I've seen some kid like punching a cardboard <laughs> cut out a Gerard. And then he told it to get up. He says, "Get up." <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, oh, oh my! Like football fans are they're untouchable. Um, well, it, it's a strange one because. People always, if you're a Liverpool fan, they'll say to you, well, like, when you think you'll get the Liverpool job? And, and I'd be like, well, I think I'll get it someday. But in my opinion, he'd need to, like, win something with Villa before I would be, like, I wouldn't want him directly to go after Klopp. You know, I don't, unless, yeah. like, if Klopp does leave, as maybe in a couple of years' time, we'll not talk about that. I don't want to get upset. But um, I don't think, unless Gerard has, has them absolutely flying, like, challenging top six constantly, well into Europe, different things where you could see something, then I'd go, all right, but I'd rather he took his time. Yeah, I don't want it rushed for Stephen Gerrard because at the, at the end of the day, I'm sure you're the same. When when hopefully he does get the job, I want it to be at the right moment so he's as successful as he can be because can you imagine what it'll be like for us, especially for you from Houghton, if he won the league or the Champions League oh. as Liverpool man? You wouldn't be seen for weeks. No, be be, the, I mean, Houghton would be on fire, wouldn't it? it would just be, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it would... It would be amazing, wouldn't it? And you're right, you, you know, you don't want to see him fail because, you know, it, it's a cutthroat world, isn't there? And, you know, you look at the way Lampard goes to Chelsea and, and then he, he gets binned off because he, he, he can't cut yeah. the mustard. Like, it'd be horrible to see that happen to Gerard. And I think you're right, you make a good point as well about, like, who who actually wants to follow Jürgen Klopp? You know, given what he's done, given how he's turned the club around, given that, you know, he's put Liverpool on the football map again at the very top, you know, a big red flag planted into Europe. You know, to follow in those footsteps is, is virtually impossible. And it, it's sort of, you know, it, it is horrible to think about, as you say. And, you know, you look at what's happening at Man United with Solskjaer, where, the, you know, the the emotional ties to him are probably keeping him in a job longer than he should be. Yeah. But, but equally as well, you know, they're looking round and going, well, who do we get? And and ultimately, that's what Liverpool would do when it comes to the, the day that Klopp does go. I don't think that the, the owners we've got will be in any way swayed by the emotional side of things. They obviously 
they gave Kenny the chance that they did uh, after after Roy Hodgson. And look, he he won the League Cup, but it didn't work out in terms of the league performances. And you know that was that was horrible, wasn't it? It was horrible. Yeah. It was it was brilliant when he come in. We all got such a lift. You know, Kenny Dalglish is our manager again. And then when it when it fizzled out, and then he was eventually phased out. You know, that was horrible. And it, it, it's not. I seen somewhat some dickhead the other day saying it tarnished his legacy. It absolutely <laughs> did not. You know, the, the fella is 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 the biggest legend. Stan named after him. <laughs> exactly. Stan named after him. You know, an an absolute legend. Everyone loves him. Everyone still talks about him. You know, it's not tarnish anything. He, he he was the break glass option to come in and sort of you know save the club at the time after one of the worst, well the worst manager we've ever had in terms of Roy Hodgson. So yeah, you want you want Gerard to come in at the right time and you want him to deserve the job as well. You don't want him to get it just because he's Stephen Gerrard. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's good. Look, it's going to be difficult for him, isn't it? Because Villa have got money. I think they're the third richest owners in the league, but. There's the long-established big four. You can extend that out to six if you want. Uh, and there are plenty of other clubs sort of trying trying to break through. There are plenty of other clubs spending money and trying to get there. Everton will always be trying and never quite get there, it seems. But, you know, they've got currently a decent manager and currently a load of money themselves, albeit that they can't actually spend it at the moment. So it, w- it will be very difficult for them. One of the things I was saying on a podcast the other day is, well, well, what are the expectations for him? Because I don't know. I'm not a Villa fan. I'm not in their bubble. I, I would say, surely, that this season, given the start they've had, stay up, first of all. Do you know what I mean? Maybe get, like, top 10. Um, and and that, that should probably be good enough for you with, with, you know, some green shoots in terms of how they're actually playing. Then the following season, top eight, top seven, top six. Yeah. But the idea that he's going to storm into there and be like challenging for the league or anything, you know, it, 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 again, you, you're talking impossible job here. So, yeah, I hope the expectations are realistic. And it's a bit of a shame he's got to go and work with Pearslow, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. I know. I, like, that's not, that hasn't even been as a storyline yet, hasn't even been spoken about. I have, well, unless I've missed it, unless it has and I have missed it, like, but the. That glue bag Perslow is still obviously at, at Aston Villa. I, I, people don't get it. Why I'm like, yeah, I, I can't. Sorry if, if any Villa fans listen to this. I'm really sorry if you don't listen to this. I, I, they're one of my teams I just would hoof into the sea. It's just something about them. <laughs> I just have, there's something about, I think it is, I think it does possibly boil down to that semi-final and that yeah. behaviour. And it's just from then I've gone, dickheads. And then for whatever reason, like I'm 33 years old, but I'm still a child. I'm just like, nah, I hate them. And that's it then. You're done for me. So yeah, I hope he does well. I hope he beats a few teams, Everton, Chelsea, who else? Man United's on who else on this podcast? Arsenal. I hope he beats all my mates' teams. And then we slap them on the eleventh of December, seven two. But you know, they score two good goals and he's like, Oh well, and we sing a song or whatever, and he has a bit of crack like. Um, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um I'll not I know we're contra tanker, so I think we'll wrap it up here. Um but do me a favour, and anyone listening, go on to Celtic and Rangers Twitter if you get a chance over the weekend. And just, cup of tea, sit down for half an hour and just enjoy <laughs> yourselves because it is absolute chaos. And then if you want, chuck in an old Brendan Rogers link or something just to get the Celtic fans going again and then just walk back out again. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I'll be at. Gareth, thank you so much for giving your time here on Friday no morning. Worries at all, um, no, it's been so so special to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, well done on the Anfield Raptors as well. He's are absolutely Cheers, flying the flag for everyone. Uh, if, you're, if you are a Liverpool fan or not a Liverpool fan, you want to check them out, do check out the Anfield rap. Um, some of the writing on there as well is absolutely superb. Gareth himself obviously con- contributes and 
Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the international break if you can. And we're back next week with more of the football. Gareth, thank you so much and good luck. Thank you, mate. Cheers.